What is good, ladies and gentlemen of the CWC and, and any other wrestling fan tuning into this episode of the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast? Um, sort of bonus episode for the week. Sort of a, a way I wanted to uh, how I wanted to try this out for um, premiere live events. Of course, payback is over, so I wanted to as it's fresh. Instead of waiting till Wednesday's episode to cover this, while it's on my mind, let's go ahead and get an episode in, and that way Wednesday's episode can be, you know, um, building off of Raw following, uh, or, or or more wrestling news or, or or other stuff like that, right? So we're this is solely just going to be the uh, payback review show. Um, which I'm aptly titling Judgment Day Reigns Supreme. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you've watched Payback uh, that just ended before, right before I started recording this, and therefore there uh, is really no need for a spoiler alert because you already know what happens. So we're going to go through this um, match by match, and we're sort of grade this. And talk about some of it again. We're not going to go sort of spot for spot. but So we start the show with the steel cage match. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. Um, if I'm being honest, going into this match, I, I didn't have very high expectations for this. Um, in fact, I had very low expectations for this match. I think it was very clear that Becky was going to win. Um, and... Um, we were going to transition into some other feud out of this story. Um, I want to speak on that, though, because a lot of people want to say, see, that's why WWE sucks. It's predictable. And then the, the predictability is fine. The predictability of the show is fine, right? It, it, most TV shows are predictable in where they're going in their plot. Um, you don't have to be complex to tell a good story. Um, I thought though, we get into this match and we know Becky can go and steal cages. Trish, I was worried about, um, but this match was an absolute banger. This match turned, um, the, the, the shitty uh, feeling that Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus felt at SummerSlam being removed from the card. And they took that energy and created quite possibly one of the best matches of the year. I don't think it's a match of the year. I think we got to slow down on that. But it was one of the most, I guess, overachieving matches 
of the year in terms of where I had expectations at to what we got. They, to, to, to sort of use the cliche that they've been telling in the story, they turned lemons into lemonade. This is, this, this is, ladies and gentlemen, professionality. This is, this is what makes you professional wrestling. Because Becky, now Becky took some shots and she made some jokes. And, and, you know, she expressed her feelings with, with the whole lemon situation, and 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 you turned it. She turned it into a story. She turned it into the storyline, right? But she could have sat there and, and bitched and moaned about not being pushed. But no, they went out there and they used that energy they felt and they put on a fantastic steel cage match. They put on a fantastic uh, opener to this show. And, and, and while I don't think it's match of the year, I think you have to put it in consideration. Um, and so I, I've, I have a list of matches that I started at the very beginning of this year um, for potential match of the year. This match... is on that list now. I don't think it's going to win. There's a lot of very strong competition on this list. But Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus in this steel cage match at Payback is on the match of the year potentiality list, which at the end of this year, the last episode of the year, I'll give my awards and we'll go through, um, through it. Right. So what made this match good wasn't necessarily that it was like an athletic spectacle. I, I think what we can talk about is it. I really don't know how to explain what we saw in this match, right? We just saw two people leave everything they had in the ring, all their frustration, the story leading up to it. It was a very good way to cap it off. It was physical. It, uh, it, it, I think, told a story in the ring. And, you know, they did some crazy shit. Like, there were several times in this match where I thought, Trish is too old to be doing this. This is crazy. Um, and fantastic match. Things that I didn't think they would do, they ended up doing. Of course, we get Zoe Stark getting involved and it appears that that's where they're going with the story with, with Zoe Stark versus Trish Stratus, um, possibly for the, the next few months. Um, as it seems like Becky is moving off to NXT to go maybe fight Tiffany Stratton. That would be very interesting. Um, but yeah, Becky Lynch with the win. Fantastic match. Way to kick off this show. Um, way to kick it off. And uh, we're giving this match 
we're going to give it um we'll give it an a we'll give it an a match it wasn't a plus uh but it, we'll, we'll give it we'll, we'll give it an a All right, so then we move on to match number two, which is Miz versus LA Knight. And Cena is now the special guest referee. He announces himself as special guest referee. I think... That this match did enough to fulfill what we were looking for. I don't think Cena was needed in the referee capacity, but the whole idea was to strap the rocket onto LA Knight. This is definitely going to be the push for LA Knight. He's definitely going to be pushed. Now, whether or not it's going to be a successful push, I'm still on the fence about. I don't think LA Knight showed me personally enough to tell me that he's the next superstar in the making. But WWE tends to do this thing. You know, Roman Reigns 2016, he wins the Royal Rumble. They send the rock out there because that's basically the rocket being strapped to his back, right? So they do this with LA Knight. They send Cena out there to basically give him uh, the push. Hey, you're going to be the next guy. Here's the, the the John Cena rub, and and we'll 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 do that right. Um, there's a tease of LA Knight versus Cena at the end of it. Um, again, I personally did not think that this match was necessarily the best thing ever. Um, and so. I'm giving it a B minus. It wasn't bad. It was better than average, but it wasn't it, it wasn't exciting. So I'm gonna go ahead and give it a, a B minus. Nothing wrong with it. I don't think Cena was necessarily needed in the referee capacity, uh, but it made it fun. A good little promo section there between Cena and Miz. Um, that that was that was pretty fun. We then moved to the United States Championship match. Um, Theory and Rey Mysterio. I sort of assumed this was going to be the piss break match. So I went and, and uh, you know, I used I, I used it as my piss break. I went and did anything but watch this match. I sort of kept it on in the background and it was okay. Um, it was okay, but it. It, it is what you thought it was. It, it, this was the match that everyone sort of expected would be the worst on the card. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. I don't have a lot to say about it. Rey Mysterio retained his title. We'll give it the C-plus average match um, that it probably will be ranked when you when, when, when we – when we look back at this match for, of, in this pay-per-view, we're not going to think of this match, right? Um, I just – I don't know what they're doing with this title. I, I I was hoping for a turn by Santos, 
maybe we'll maybe we'll uh maybe we'll see that on Friday, but there wasn't really any tension after the match, so we'll I don't know where we're going with it. Uh so um next we have the street fight. Um Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus um Judgment Day, Balor, and and uh, Priest. This match is an A+. This had everything you wanted. You had a little bit of blood. You, it, it was physical. It was extreme. It. The only other thing I wish they would do is, you know, actually make it a street fight. Um, but within the realms of what we typically get for a street fight, this was really, really, really well done. Um, again, this is another match, another premier live event that has multiple matches on my potential match of the year card as this goes on here. Now it's been since backlash, since I've put a main roster match on this list, I felt crown jewel SummerSlam. Uh, and Money in the Bank ha- were were a little bit unfulfilling in terms of match of the year. We have a couple uh, NXT matches on there. But in terms of main roster matches, I haven't put one on here since Backlash, which just so happens to be the last street fight. Uh, with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. And so there's something about Priest in these street fights that are fun and and, and entertaining. And uh, I thought this match was very well done. I'm a little confused because it seems like Finn and what's his name? And Priest uh, worked together. But there was tension when we last saw them. But they worked together pretty well in this match. Dominic comes up clutch as sort of like the MVP, help him win the titles, and now Judgment Day reigns supreme at the top of WWE where all of them have titles, and Damian Priest is also Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, this there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways you can carry this, right? There's a lot of ways... You can turn this like, what's Damien going to do with Money in the Bank? What's, what are we going to do with McDonough? And so this is going to be very interesting on how this gets played out on Monday uh, on Raw. Um, and, and going forward, what's the story going to be? And and, and so, I'm, again, I'm very interested in, in the story arc at the moment. Um, I, the, the only thing that I wish WWE would do here is is merge the two belts, right? We have the red and the blue. You now have them on Judgment Day. What's their color? Purple. Well, how do you make purple? Red and blue, right? So merge them together, make it one set of stripes. If they're going to be the undisputed belts, merge them together, introduce purple belts, and I think I think that'll that'll work out well, at least for Judgment Day, and then when they lose, they'll maybe introduce like the, a black strap again. But... Um, we need to stop having them carry two sets of belts because they're one title and it's just, it does, it's just a weird look, right? Um, yeah, but that match, now let me say this. The crowd was on fire through these first four matches. 
And the three of the four, uh, the only one Reagan and 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 uh, theory was kind of a boring, but uh, the other three were banger matches. That that uh, L.A. Knight and Miz wasn't bad. I it just it wasn't. I still don't think L.A. Knight's a superstar, right? Um, but yeah, the, the, this street fight was fantastic, right? You had everything you wanted. Um, and, and it, and it, it, it delivered a plus without a doubt, right? A plus without a doubt. Um, you then, um, we move on to the Grayson Waller effect with Cody Rhodes, where Cody Rhodes comes out and announces Jey Uso is now on Raw. So the first off, this was a surprise because I figured they would keep Jay off TV for a little bit longer. Um, but now we have Jay Uso over on Raw. This is very interesting because I, I this only screams to me that it's going to be Team Raw versus Team SmackDown at Survivor Series. And it's going to be Team Jay versus Team Jimmy. And I'm 100% down for that. This is... Uh, Main event, uh, Jay Uso on uh, Raw by himself. This is going to be very entertaining, um, and I think ultimately lead to a very entertaining match. I think we'll get at um, at WrestleMania in Philadelphia between the two brothers. I think we'll get the final showdown between the two of them at WrestleMania. Um, which changes my WrestleMania and Royal Rumble plans because I thought Jey Uso would return at the Rumble and win. Now I don't think he's going to win the Rumble. Um, I don't have a person to put in that place yet. I, I'm thinking maybe Gunther, but I think Gunther is already main event caliber. I don't think they have to prove him to do anything. I don't really think he has to win. Um, I'm hoping we get a little bit clearer, you know, as we get closer to Royal Rumble, we, we find out what happens there. Um, but yeah, this was a little fun little segment. Uh, um, we then move on to the women's world championship match. And this is where the, the event really sort of turned sour. Um, I don't think it was a bad match. It was just a slow match. And there was so much potential in this match. There, there was so much, like, like we know Rhea Ripley can go in the match because she just had a banger with Charlotte this year. We know Raquel can go in the match. I've, if you've seen her in NXT, in NXT, if you've seen her in, in any of her, uh, you know, NXT stuff. And I mean, she's had some good matches on the main roster. We know Raquel can go in the ring. And this match was just very, very poorly booked. Um, I don't think it's average, though. I think it's better than average. I'm going to give it a B. Just a, a straight up B. 
Um, uh, no, I, I, I'll give it a B, a B minus. I'll give it a B minus. Now that I think about it, it's it's better than average, but it's it it didn't. I think the problem with it, it wasn't bad. Like I, I don't want to sit here and say it, it was bad. It was just boring. It was slow. It wasn't energetic. It, it didn't feel like it was premier live event quality match. Um, again, Dominic came for the save. Um, and Rio retains and judgment day again is reigning supreme. All of them have titles. Um, and Oh boy, I just I don't know where we're going with this. Ra- Raquel needs to be built and and be built stronger, and Rhea just needs a legitimate opponent. I just I don't know what else you do uh, for her at this point. Like the only other thing is Becky, but that, that is that going to be the Mania match? I, I I just I don't know how I feel about that. To be qu- quite honest with you. And then we get this main event. Then we get this main event that I don't know if I want to say it was like the worst match ever, but I'm giving this a C. This was quite honestly one of the worst main events possibly of the year. And I know that's going to sort of confuse because I'm already reading some of these like grades of, of the IWC and they're giving it like a high B low a. And, and I just, I didn't feel it. I just didn't feel it because this is why they're doing that. This is why they're doing, I know what this match was. Um, This was a sort of call out or, or a, this was the Japanese style of wrestling. This is Wrestle Kingdom type matches, right? This is how they tell stories in Japan, right? In Japan, it, it, the story isn't told, you know, as like a soap opera. The story is told in the ring. Um, and so the story being told here was Seth Rollins as an injured body part. And the entire story is in this match, Shinsuke Nakamura is going to attack the back of, Shins- of, of of Seth Rollins, right? And so that's the entire story. It's very shallow. There's not much to it. And to me, when you run a story like that, this the, I, I mean this with any offense that you take. This is why the Japanese style does not get over. This is, this is what I would expect from AEW Forbidden Door style matches. This is why I can't watch Wrestle Kingdom. I've tried to watch Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom twice in my life. And they're hard watches. They're five hours long. Now they're two nights. And it's just that match times five hours for the most part of just. It, it, and it, it works if you're into that style of storytelling. But for most casual fans, for people like me, that's not going to cut it. Right, and then you build Shinsuke up, and I thought they were doing a very good job of building Shinsuke, and in the perfect opportunity to have him win the title, he loses, and in a perfect opportunity to have 
Damian Priest cash in, you don't you don't pull the trigger on that either. Right? This would have been a perfect time. Shinsuke's frustrated. He lost. He gets back in the ring. He attacks Seth Rollins from behind, weakens the back. Damian comes out, cashes in, wins the title. And now Judgment Day literally rules the entire brand of Raw. They have everything on Raw. I think that also makes it easy to slide in McDonough because Priest could be like, hey, thank you as your reward. You're the new tag champion. You're going to partner with, with, with Finn. I think, I think you can make that work. But this main event should not have been the main event. So what I want to do real quick before we end this is look at, first off, what are we going to overall grade this show? Um, and so, right. So, so we're going to do math here. So in a standard grading scale, uh, an A is a 90 to a 100, a B is an 80 to an, uh, Really, it's a 80 to an 89. Uh, a C is 70 to 79. D, right, but we don't have any D, so right. So, we'll, we'll we gave Becky and Trish an A, so we'll give that a 90. We gave LA Knight and Miz a B minus. Um, so we'll give that. Well, actually, 90 would be an A minus. 95 would be an A. Let's just run it that way. And then A plus would be a 100, right? Um, so ni 95 for Becky and Trish. Um, uh, Miz and LA Knight, we gave a B minus, which would be an 80. Ray and Theory, we gave a C plus. We'll give um, as a 79. Uh, Street Fight got an A plus. We'll give that as a 100. Uh, Rhea and Raquel B minus. We'll give that as a uh, as an eighty, and then Shinsuke and Seth we gave as a C, which we would put as a seventy five. That's a total of five hundred and nine out of what would it be six hundred? Yeah. So that averages out to about an 85 out of a hundred, which is a B show, which I think I can agree with. I'd give the show as a whole, I'd give it a B, a safe B. There were very, very good moments. We had two potential match of the year candidates, very solid matches and with Miz and LA Knight. And, and, and I mean, Ray in theory wasn't God awful. It just wasn't anything spectacular either. Now, let me grade so the match is still a C, but let me let me let me rearrange how the the the, the card was set up and the the card feels completely different. Let me explain. So you start with Becky and Trish. You give this banger of a match to start the night. I would even say continue with Miz and LA Knight and with Ray and Theory. That's perfectly fine. The first 3 matches are in very good order. I would then put Rhea and Raquel on fourth. And then, uh, well, actually, you can't do three slow matches. 
So it would be Becky and Trish, right? And then I probably would have done Rhea and Raquel next to get that. I don't want to say out of the way, but put that early on the slower style match. You then move into Miz versus LA Knight because you end Rhea and Raquel, which was a very slow, boring match with Cena coming out next. Um, then you move to Miz and LA Knight you can get the crowd a little bit back into it, right? And then you do Ray in theory. Fourth, you do Cody Rhodes uh, and Grayson Waller, Grayson Waller effect. That's fine. Then you put Seth and Shinsuke on fifth. This could be that slow-paced match um, that sort of carries, right? It's not how you end the night, but it's, Right, especially if you're not going to have a cash-in happen. You could put this on fifth, and then you end the night with the street fight where Judgment Day wins. And the reason I end with this match is you end the show with an anchor for you to, to, to watch on Monday. What do you do with this match? When you end with the street fight, what does that do? First off, Everyone goes home. We just saw a banger of a match, A-plus match. Everyone's happy leaving the arena. But from a storyline perspective, now there's an anchor. Judgment Day is in control of Raw. What's going to happen on Monday? And it gets you to tune in. Right right now, I mean, I still want to tune in. That, that anchor's still there, but it's in the middle of the card, and people may forget about the anchor because of how, how the card ended with two very slow boring matches um the card was great it the, the show for the first you know two and a half hours very good Rhea and raquel was a very i don't want to say great but it was a good match i could see where they were going with it i could see where they were going with seth and and and, and shinsuke but from a casual fan perspective and even as as just someone who just doesn't really necessarily care for the Japanese style of storytelling, it, it, that that main event just didn't do it for me. Um. So what do y'all think? What do y'all think of it? Let me know in the in the in the comments of the the YouTube video or in the Discord if you're there. Um. And, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. I think we got a pretty pretty good show for, for what, what this – when I came into this expecting, like, at best, a C-plus show. Like, my expectation was D-minus, and I figured maybe they'll – you know, maybe we'll get one very good match that I wasn't expecting. But we got a very good card. It's just the order of the show – doesn't like like honestly, I'm not a fan of Shinsuke's and Seth's match, but if you put that fifth or you put that fourth on the card, then I don't necessarily think we're talking about the ending of the show being pretty bad. Because that if you put that middle of the card and then you leave you leave the fans talking about something positive. The per, right that the ending of the show feels better. If you ended it with that street fight, I think the ratings would be a little bit different for how I would rate it. Right, 
and as an overall show. I just this is my problem with Triple H's booking. I think he cooks individually. He cooks very good ideas, but it's making a complete product that's palatable. That is his problem. So individually, Rhea and Raquel was a decent match. And Shinsuke and Seth told a, a Japanese-style story that for the, the fans of that style of wrestling, they'd enjoy. And it cooked pretty well. But when you mix that together with the rest of the card, the rest of the card, which was you know pretty good, right? I mean, if you take away if you take away Rhea and Raquel and Seth and Shinsuke, right? If you take that away, you get a um you go from it being 85 at 100 B minus show to it being a B plus, almost an A minus show. But, because, right? And so it's not that the matches themselves were bad. It's the position on the card and the expectations going into that match. The two matches I think everyone had the highest of expectations for, they put at the end of the card, and they just sort of became a snooze fest to end the card, right? Not necessarily bad matches, just the placement and then the speed of the match just felt felt very off. But I do want to state something outside of outside of Jay Uso showing up, but he's not even Bloodline no more, right? But outside of Jay Uso showing up, we didn't have any Bloodline on this show. No Roman, no no Solo, no Jimmy, no Paul. This was the first pay per view in. A while? Name the last premiere live event we haven't had the Bloodline story on. And I think they did very well without it. And I think this was a testing ground to see, okay, I think we're going to end this at Mania. Can we still cook up story? Right? And I think that's why they're pushing the Judgment Day. I think Triple H understood he was ending the Bloodline. We needed something to, to, to take its place. And now you have the Judgment Day that is doing very well and doing just that. Um, so that's my review of the card. Let me know what you think. Join the discourse on the Discord. Um, and uh, if you're watching on, on YouTube, subscribe to the, the We Too Deep channel. Like the video. Comment on it. Let me know what you guys think. Um and then if you're listening on podcast networks, uh, please leave us a review. I prefer five star. If you, and if you enjoy the show, leave us a five star. If you don't, if you, if you absolutely despise everything that I say, I'm fine with the one star review. What I'm not fine with is the three star that says, you know what? It's okay. Right. And exaggerate a little bit. If you like it, exaggerate. Don't give me a four. Give me a five. Right. Um, and if you don't like it, don't give me a two. Just go ahead and give me the one because the two, three, and fours, those are like, eh, I'm not, I, I hate it, but I'm not willing to, to commit to hating it all the way, or I like it, but I'm not willing to, to like it all the way, right? So any, 
I mean, I'm not telling you not to give me a four or a three. I'm just saying I prefer fives and ones. Um, you either like it or you don't. I don't really necessarily think being lukewarm is, you know, very, very uh, beneficial. But leave a review that nonetheless, uh, you know, follow the show that way uh, in your podcast app. As soon as the episodes drop, you get the notifications and they automatically download in your feed when you open the podcast app. Um, thanks again for listening. Again, let me know how you feel. And while I have everyone uh, here, we do have the official 2K tournament bracket. This is the only other thing. This is how I'll end it. We did our draft uh, during the pre-show um, of four payback. And we are... Uh, Go, I have the bracket. I've already posted it in the Discord, but I'll show it for the for, for everyone else and put it on podcast here. We do have the official Queen of the Ring Casual Wrestling Community Queen of the Ring Tournament bracket, uh, and it will be shown right here. Um, as you can see, um, this is, uh, going to be a very interesting tournament. If you're, if you're, uh, if you see it on, uh, the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it on the screen. If you're listening to it on podcast network, if you're in the discord, the brackets in the discord already. Um, but we have the play. So what I did was I double sided the bracket and I took the round one results and put it on one side and the round two results and put them on the other side. That way we don't have like what we had in. The men's tournament where the same person had two superstars who faced off against each other. Um, now, you may have that in the finals. But but anyway, so uh, we see Asuka will face the winner of the play-in of here, which is Beth Phoenix and Trish Stratus. Um, Asuka will face the winner of that play-in match. Uh, and then the other matchups on this one side of the bracket are Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda Rousey. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. I think that side of the bracket is going to be fantastic matchups for that first round. Um, you see on the other side, Nikki Bella is going to play the winner of the uh, the play-in between JC Jane and Cora Jade. You got China versus Nikita Lyons, which is going to be interesting. Do drop uh, versus Liv Morgan. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. This is going to be a fantastic tournament. It's going to be fantastic. All right. So uh, tune in. That'll be on this channel. Playing matches will be uh, posted on Monday. And then the official tournament will start. And uh, matches will be posted every Thursday um, on the We Too Deep YouTube channel that the, the podcast is on. And again, if you're in the Discord, I'll post the episodes. Um, and then I'll update the bracket each each week. Um, and uh, we uh, will uh, we'll go from there. But again, thank you for for watching and listening and I will see you on Wednesday where we get back into talking about wrestling news. Um, with that, I'm we too deep 413. You can find me on TikTok and, and Twitter X at we too deep 413. And until then, I will see you on the next episode. You have a great rest of your Labor Day weekend if you're in America. If you work on Monday, 
like I do. Well, enjoy Sunday. Uh, and uh, if you're off and get, get the extended weekend, enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you on Wednesday. Brother, I'm going on a wild hog hogan. If I like it's a moment.